You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. Today's conversation with Lex Vaco is truly a gift. She created a booming business in personal and physical training after teaching herself with the free tools on Google and has since transitioned to a powerful mindset coaching practice. Lex drops so many truth bombs and good reminders in this episode with practical tips that will help you truly love and understand yourself more today so that you can show up better tomorrow. Stay tuned through this conversation. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And without further ado, welcome Lex. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm so stoked to be able to chat with you today. You really have quite the story. I mean, going from what, channeling anger from your childhood into kickboxing and then taking that and turning it into a multi six figure business and then taking that and turning it into mindset coaching. I mean, wow, kick us off by introducing yourself to everyone and really just telling us a bit about your background and your story. Sure. Well, actually, like up until I was 16, it's pretty boring. Like I was just a (laughs) typical childhood. I actually grew up in Eastern Europe and I just wanted to have a good time. I didn't hear school. I didn't hear about anything. I just wanted to play and have a good time. And little did I know I will make my life to be just that. And um, so after I was 16, I got hit by a car. And that's really when things started changing. And I had a bit of a miraculous, miraculous healing where they couldn't explain how it really healed so well. And I didn't know anything about mindset or visualization or the power of positive thinking at the time. But that was my first interaction with something that was unexplainable. And so fast forward, um, actually where I'm from, the bombing started in my country and then I moved to the United States when I was 17. And that's when really I started gathering my anger because I just felt abandoned by my family. I was alone in the United States. And at that time, that seemed like um, a very lonely place. Little did I know that that turned out to be one of the best things that happened to me because I was away from everybody and I was able to build my own self without everybody else's opinions. And so I did that. I started rebuilding myself by going to channel that anger through kickboxing and boxing. And I decided um, I love this sport, but I'm not a fighter. So I went to fitness, I went to lifting weights, and I was amazed with the transformation in my mindset and in my body. And I was like, I, I got to share this with the world. Like, I, I want people to know how good this is. And that's when the idea was born of being a trainer. At that time, I had a corporate job, and I just knew that, oh, God, like this is not where I want to do. This is not the purpose in my life. There's so much more I want to share the health passion that I have with, with people that uh, I can help. And so that's where the idea was really born. I didn't have like, you know, five, 10 year plan at that time. I am big on, you know, listening to your own heart and intuition. And that's really how I was guided to it. I became a full-time trainer and then just walking around the gym, I thought I want to have my own space. I got to have my own space. I want my own freedom to be creative. And that's exactly what I did. I walked into a space with, yeah, like, like I mentioned in my story, I believe like I had no money down. I had 
negotiated just enough to have enough for that month. I walked in with bands and a boom box, and I think I had a couple of kettlebells. And uh, the rest is history. I really did uh, love what I was doing. And I think that when you focus on doing what you love, what your passion is, and when you focus on your on helping people, the money comes, just flows. And that's exactly what happened. I was never focused. And again, I didn't have like a business plan. I just walked into there with a hope and belief that things are going to work out. I just felt right. And I built a business that loved it. But that's the first time I really got to work with women. Lot. And that's when I really realized how much of it all starts with our mindset, with our chatter, inner chatter, with the way we talk to ourselves, with our beliefs. And eight years later, I ended up selling the business and moving to mindset coaching. And now I'm combining everything with fitness. But the whole theme is changing the inner chatter, approaching it from a place of self-love, and hopefully teaching and educating women how to do that, how to do that properly without feeling guilty and ashamed of every single thing. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. I love it. There's so much to unpack here. I want to first hear more. Can you break down more of the practicals of what opening that business actually looks like? Because I, I feel like we hear people all the time tell us how they made their dream happen. And it's, it's, you know, I had nothing to my name, but I just went in and I believed in myself and I did it. And I feel like there might be people listening who just listen to that and go, okay, but like, how, like what, what yeah. did that actually look like? Because I got this much money and I got a dream, but I have no idea how to just walk into a room and be like, all right, here we go. I have a multi six figure business. So right. what right. was there anything that helped you or advice on that front in building a business from, from nothing into this big thriving thing that you think was really important that you learned as you went or that you wish you would have known at, when you were first walking into that gym and you were like, you know what, I'm going to make this mine. Well, here's the thing you can, there's always, I wish I've known, right? Because you look back and you're like, holy cow, like, how did I do that? And I do that sometimes. Like, how did I do that? Because if somebody told me, you know, you just walk into a place and you make it happen. I'd be like, oh, what do you mean? Like, how do you do that? <laughs> but here's the thing. When you're left with no choice, that's, that's like amazing. That's a really great place to go with. Every mom out there knows when you're giving birth, it's not like you're like, oh, I'm just tired. I'm just going to go home. Like you, you, you're left with no choice. You've got to give birth, right? And it's the same exact thing. <laughs> You've got no choice. And that, that's what I was saying when I said I was away from my family. I had no choice. I had nobody to go to to pay my bills. And I knew that if I don't make it to the next month, I am responsible for everything. And I'll lose my house. I'll lose my car. I'll lose everything I have. And there's something to that. There's some drive that gets born in the knowing that you have no choice or that the other choice is really no choice. And um, and just going like, I got to make it happen and literally doing it one day at a time. Seriously, like, yes, you can pre-plan things, but I'm not big on planning the whole thing ahead because there's so much new in a business that you can't count on, that you learn as you go. But that's what it is. Like I jump and I learn how to swim. Because the mm -hmm. other option is drowning. So I got to learn how to freaking sweat. And that's really what it was. I had no choice. I knew that I have a month to figure this out. And I just went along with it. Like, again, I, I, I talked a lot about being guided. Like, I, I was like, okay, I have to create a website. I don't even know how to do that. I sat down, I Googled it, and I started building a website. It was nothing to write home about, but it was a website, right? And that's how you start. I started taking payments. It was um, it wasn't Stripe. I can't even remember what it was. Um, the little app that I had to like 
lug numbers in and like get my payment. And then I automized that. I figured out how to do that automatically. And so you go one day at a time, one week at a time, and you figure things out. That's a huge thing is honestly, is putting yourself in a position of no choice. I love that you just said it like that too and how how you just said that and like, you know what? I needed to build a website. So what did I do? I Googled how to build a website and I just started. That I feel like that doesn't get enough credit nowadays, which is so funny since we live in such a technologically driven age. But really, that's such a key to so much. We sit here and we we are so confused and so perplexed, like, oh, I just don't know how I'm going to possibly do it. And sometimes in thinking like that, we miss the most obvious first step, which is literally just just do a search, like just start somewhere, take a step and just see what's out there. And then that will lead to the next thing. And maybe that will spark an idea or that will go, oh, maybe I should look at, look at this next. And that almost builds it for you because you start to see, okay, here's something and here's another something and here's another something. And then you can just kind of take it and run with it. Yes, I, I I don't know when it starts, but like in childhood, we know how to build up, right? Like you learn how to walk and then you, you, you learn how to turn and then you crawl and then you walk and you fall and then you do it again. But at some point as we grow up, we expect ourselves to be great at everything. So it's like, oh, I don't know how to build a site, so I'm not going to build a site. No, you go and you Google and you figure it out and you make that first step. And then it feels so good when you figure it out that you're like, you know what? It's never as hard as you thought it was Mm-hmm. So then you do that and you go, oh, I can do that. And first of all, that also builds self-confidence because then you know you can do things. You get resourceful. You find different sites. You, you talk to people. You connect and you ask questions. And like you said, before you know it, you build that up and you learn a little something here and a little something there and you get the idea to get this. And though every how-to is out there, it's about getting through that mindset of ours of those mental blocks that we said Oh, I just can't do it. Oh, I don't know how to build a website. Well, everybody out there can go on Google and Yahoo. I don't know what your search engine is. You can find information. It's not about the information. Like you said, in this day and age, we have the information, but we lack that just, just moment to just push yourself to make that first step. I almost wonder if it's because of a couple of things. I wonder if we don't like being beginners anymore because because of how social media is and everything. It's like we always see that glorified, beautiful, finished product and we expect to sort of get there ASAP because language is all about, you know, you're a boss, make it happen. And we interpret that to be make it happen tomorrow or like make it happen right now. We don't give ourselves that time to grow and to be, to have baby steps. We expect to like, all right, we've got this. Now all of a sudden I'm, all of a sudden I have this multi six figure business. We forget that like you don't just go from zero to $100,000 overnight. <laughs> there's there's growth, right? You shouldn't because you won't know how to handle that. I talked yes. to a guy who was a, a CEO of a multi-billion dollar company. And this was years after he wasn't a CEO anymore because he resigned. And he said, I, I became a CEO before the age of 30. I skipped too many steps. And he said, when I got to that place, I wasn't able to handle it. So he almost drunk himself in that spot to death. And he said, I saw myself either drinking myself to death and dying or stepping away from this company. And he did. He stepped away. And that story resonated with me. I heard it years ago to remind myself that, hey, you know what? You want it today, but you're not ready to handle it today. Mm, That's so profound, too, because we 
it's it's weird because there's so much mixed messaging that we see where on one hand it's that get it right now you've got it you're ready go for it go for it go for it but on the other side it's like you also want to give yourself the grace to be a beginner and the grace to start small and just keep going it's like we never have a true like a true grasp on what that journey looks like and then especially with social media every journey is different but we expect to find it manifested in somebody else somewhere that we can compare ourselves to so we're looking for okay who did it now i'm going to do it just like them or how can i do it like them so that it looks like this and we don't necessarily give ourselves the opportunity to kind of make our own path and make our own beautiful journey and story at the speed that we need to go right (laughs) for ourselves and for what we're creating Absolutely. You said that so well. And it's about, you know, if we forget to enjoy the journey. There is enjoyment in the journey because you'll get there. As long as you work on it, you'll get there. But when you get there, it's a moment. You got there. That's it. You got it. But if you don't enjoy the journey, you just miss the whole beauty of growth, the whole beauty of building yourself, of changing, of watching yourself evolve and look back and say, oh, my God, a month ago I did this and look where I am just a month later right? There is truly beauty in that, but you're right with social media, we just want to be like Tony Robbins and Mel Robbins like tomorrow. And it's, it's not supposed to be that way. We forget that it's actually not supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. We actually talked about this on a recent episode of Thrive with a therapist. His name was Faust and he worded it really well because he was, he said, you know, it's like we, the, in the journey, in the, the process to get there, that is where the growth happens. And it made me instantly think of you, especially with everything fitness. I'm like, if I, if I'm lifting weights, the most magical thing is like when you go up a weight class and you actually finish your set and you're like, I just did that. And it's in that process of breaking your muscle down where you realize I'm getting stronger. It's not necessarily when you're standing in front of the mirror days later and you're like, I like the way I look. I mean, sure, that feels great too, but it's like really the most like awesome thing is when you are in the moment of growth and you are in the moment of breaking down to get to growth and you're like, wow, I just, I just did that. Like I am getting stronger. I am getting there. So it's that journey and like that is where the magic happens, not this after, not like the mirror selfie yeah. you're you're posting on Instagram three days later. <laughs> you're right. It's in that moment of growth. It's in that moment on the journey. You're so, oh man, I'm going to use that one. That is so <laughs> true. That is so true because it's the analogy to everything. It's in that struggle of building that website. It's in that struggle of figuring out this obstacle. That's where the beauty really is because really that's what also builds the self-confidence to know I got this. I can handle it. I handled it in the past. Yeah. It's what builds everything. Your self-confidence, your discipline, your just the, your curiosity, average. like every, mm-hmm. all of those skills are built in the, in that moment. It's not like you get to a point and then the universe opens up and goes, congratulations, here are the skills. Right. It's like, you got the skills to get there. So that's where, that's where it all happened. Yeah. Oh, I agree. A hundred percent. Perfect. <laughs> so in working with so many different women from so many different walks of life. Is there maybe one thing that you have consistently seen, like be a struggle or be a setback? And especially since you coach now and when you were training, how do you coach through that? Yes, we women are notorious for being horrible to ourselves. The negative inner chatter, if if there's anything that changes, if we change the way we talk to ourselves, this whole world will change. 
we're horrible at the way we talk to ourselves. We would never say anything like that to anybody else. Yet we allow ourselves to beat ourselves down all the time. And I say, you're with yourself 24 seven. Wouldn't it make sense to work on that relationship? Like imagine having somebody next to you 24 seven, you're just so annoyed with that person. What kind of mood would you be in, right? Like what kind of life would that be? But that's what we do to ourselves. So that's the main theme is lack of self-love, lack of allowing ourselves to love ourselves because we're mm. made to believe that it's okay to be negative to about ourselves. You know, oh, look at my hair. Oh, this shirt. Oh, that's so old, right? Like all the negative things. But the moment I say, you know what? I'm looking and feeling good today. The moment you say that thing, people go, because she thinks she is, right? Mm. We're brought to believe that it's not okay to love yourself and that that's narcissistic, which is completely the opposite of being a narcissist. And so the first thing I address with my clients is awareness to the words we use about ourselves, right? Like I am are the most powerful words in the world. But see things like, oh, you know, every time I start a workout, I fail. Or every time I start a workout, I hurt myself. Or every time I start a new program, I lose a little bit of weight, but then I gain a whole lot. Those are the things that create our reality. So I make my clients aware of the words they were there using. Things like, oh, I'm going to try that. No, don't try. Either do it or don't do it, right? Yes. Or like, oh, you know what? I can't eat that. No, no, no. You choose. Therefore, you don't want to eat that or you eat that and you own it, right? It's about owning our words, owning our actions, and changing that inner chatter empower ourselves that is really the main thing that i see across the board with everybody oh that is so good and i'm so glad that you just brought up that power of that choice too because i think we give up our power so often and i talk about that all the time literally just in the idea of surviving to thriving that's a choice it's yes there are always going to be life circumstances that get in the way in one reason or another and sometimes it's super legitimate and sometimes it's all in our head And that's a really harsh reality to admit, but it's like sometimes you really just have to look at your situation and choose to make the best of it, regardless of what that is. It doesn't mean you're able to, you know, go from having nothing to being a multimillionaire overnight just because you decided you wanted more money. Obviously, it doesn't work that way, but it's like really just elevating whatever you can through that oh my god that's like that's just such a key that i wish more people knew and like truly were willing to adopt (laughs) that's totally it like you you hit it spot on it's a big pill to swallow that it's all on you but once you do that and once you find empowerment in that and saying everything's on me wait a minute that means i can change anything there's so much power in that and this is why i approach with my my approach with my clients is different i never give out a diet plan Why? Because that's when me taking the power away from you. If I educate you and you choose that one thing that you're going to change this week, you just gain power back, right? But we give that power away to everybody. People say you can't. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. And you're right. Like what you said, it's always different circumstances. But you've got to fight your brain because our brain is designed for survival. Mm -hmm. We have the oldest part of our brain is the reptilian brain. only thing it wants to do is make you survive. So it wants to keep you in the known. It wants to keep you safe. And so it doesn't want you to change. This is why we're we're this is why we have to fight thoughts like, oh, I can't do that, or I'm not good enough, or you know, just recognizing that you know what, that's my brain taking care of me. You move on with your goals, right? So once people understand that I have the power to change anything, 
I have the power to choose everything changed. I love that. What do you think is the difference? I know you mentioned this earlier, someone maybe being confused on the difference between self-love and narcissism and struggling to, you know, even just struggling to be kind to herself because it feels narcissistic in some way for some reason. How do you kind of begin to approach that with someone to change that or to kind of show someone, hey, it's not it's not being narcissistic or full of yourself. It's just loving yourself the way that you deserve and to and should love yourself. Sure. Uh, so first of all, narcissism is completely the opposite. It actually comes from self-hate. People who are narcissistic, it comes from self, a place of self-hate and self-disrespect, um, basically. And it's portrayed as love toward oneself, but it's really, again, it's lack of self-esteem. Um, and it's it's something that starts in childhood. It completely has nothing to do with self-love. So let's get that clear. Now that we clear that up, um, somebody who has a hard time loving herself, I'm going to borrow words from Tony Robbins that resonated with me years ago. He said, and I'm going to start crying because I get so emotional in this part, something or someone loved you enough to give you life. I want everybody to think about that. Something or someone out there believed that you deserve life. It is impossible that you were born in the place when you were born at the time that you were born. The probabilities of that are unbelievable. So the fact is our life is a miracle. Now that's one thing to keep in mind. Somebody hearing this for the first time is like, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't deserve this life. I don't like my life, whatever. I know people come from different backgrounds. Second thing is understanding that we're not loving ourselves because we've been conditioned and brainwashed to do that because of someone else's story. Whether we picked it up on the news or whether we picked it up from our household, whether we picked it up from our siblings, friends, peers, whoever, teachers, it comes from someone else's story. Now, we can still allow those people to control our lives, or we can say, you know what, that's their stuff. That's their issues. And that's the things that they didn't work through. I'm going to build myself because I have a choice to do so. It may not be easy, but I am who I choose to be. And you know what, I'm going to do it in of their stories because understanding that other people's stories are their stories right they can influence us if we allow or we can use that as fire to our uh, fuel to our fire and say you know what i'm going to make it despite everything right and then third is say something nice to yourself and stick with it because you know what we all know what it's like not to love ourselves so how do we go to a place to love ourselves and say you know what i want to know what that feels like so when we start saying something nice to ourselves, at first, it feels really weird and awkward and really out of place, just completely uncomfortable. But saying something like looking in the mirror and saying, you know what, I love you. At first, it's going to be like, yeah, whatever. Um, but then after a while, if a person continues doing that, we're going to get to a place of being neutral. You're going to say, I love you. And then you're not even going to feel anything. And then if you continue doing that, you get to a place where you're like, hey, you know what, I do love you. And you're going to start feeling love for yourself. And think about this again, the mirror. We're conditioned to look in the mirror into things that we need to fix. Oh, I need to fix my eyeshadow. Oh, I need to fix my hair. So the eye is trained and the brain is trained to look for things to fix. If we look in the mirror and look for good things, the brain is going to get trained to look for good things. So those are the three things that I would say. Just understanding that you are here for a reason. One. Two, understanding that 
you don't love yourself right now because of someone else's stories and you can influence that that was past and three choose one nice things to say to yourself and stick with it and you will notice a change within the that is so powerful and i think it's so powerful coming from you too because i want to remind people of what you said earlier how you came to the united states completely by yourself and didn't necessarily have that support behind you so it's not like you were coming from you know i'll let you tell more of the story if you want to but it's not like you were coming from a big family full of support and money and the world saying here you go like i have given you inheritance and everything is set up for your success. Right. It's like you're truly the living example of making it happen for yourself and needing to believe in yourself above all else because you literally came by yourself. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Like I was very broken at that time. I was in a very dark place. And, you know, I, I want those who are listening to this who still don't believe in the things that I'm saying to you know it's okay. Like the first time I heard about gratitude, it took me two years to feel grateful. It took me like two years to actually get that. But now I so get it that the moment I say the word gratitude, my, my, my attitude changes. And so it's all a process, right? It's, 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 it's just because you're in a dark place doesn't mean it's a bad thing. You can't necessarily see that now, but as the time passes on, you will be grateful for that. And yes, I was able to dig myself out of a few rock bottoms. And because of that, I'm thankful because... I know what I stand for. I know that I can dig myself out of anything. Not that anybody wants to go through a rock bottom, but it's places that help me build myself without other people's opinions. And that is where I formed a wall around me to be very careful who I let in. And yeah, you're right. Like I have a brother who I don't speak to. Um, my mother has deceased 10 years ago. My dad Holy doesn't get how you can have a business online because he's a, a job kind of guy and he always questions things and he just can't get it. So I have no family support whatsoever, but it doesn't, it doesn't bother me because there were so many times in my life where I had to be my own cheerleader that it don't bother me what people think anymore. And that's powerful too, because how many times do people let other people's opinions get in the way of what they're creating anyway? where it almost it's a total roadblock to actually letting you do what you want to do most because you're just so obsessed with but what is she going to think of it and what is karen up the street going to think of it where you just don't even try because you're already you already have it in your head how the next girl and the girl after that are going to react to it and somehow that ends up superseding your own desire to do it in the first place so it's like this crazy cycle that you can end up in. It's almost better to not have not care at all about the opinions of other people because it gives you that freedom to just do what you were put on this earth to do in the first place. Absolutely. And you're, oh my God, you said it so well. First, we create that stuff in our heads because once again, your brain creates these stories because it wants to keep you safe. So it goes, oh, well, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And so what I've learned to do with that is I, I go with what if, what is the worst that can happen? So what if I embarrass myself on like what is going to be on YouTube? Hey, maybe I get more recognition. What's the worst that's going to happen, right? And it's never as bad as we think. Second, one, one other powerful thing that I heard is your environment is more powerful than your willpower. Mm. And I thought, ooh, so it is so important who you surround yourself with because you can have all the willpower in the world. But if people around you are constantly negative and you don't do anything to remove them or to silence them, it will get through to you. Whether it's in the news, whether it's your peers, whether it's your family, 
you got to find a way to quiet these people down or for you to focus on other things. And this is why it's hard at times to grow too, because people are afraid of who they're going to leave behind. Because there's always people that are left behind. And we get so caught up in that too. Like, well, this is a fear of success. Well, what if I succeed? How are my relationships going to be with people around me? And this is the same thing. It's created before success is even hit the S out of success, right? It's created in our heads and then we don't even bother trying. And you're right. It's like a catch 22. It's crazy. I know you've said before um, that in helping women work out, you're not just helping women to get to some ideal body. It's really about shifting your mindset to go, you know, from the inside out, which I just absolutely love. So you mentioned earlier too about this process. Can you walk us through this process? Because maybe I'm sure there's people listening who have never seen a trainer, have never talked to a mindset coach, have maybe ha have maybe haven't set foot in a gym since January 2020, and have no idea how this whole inside out approach thing can work and are kind of like, uh, sounds great, would love to, but I have no idea where to start. <laughs> so what does that look like? Yeah. That's kind of what the program is because it's so unique that I people are like, oh, that sounds great, but what what are you doing? <laughs> so um, so yes, as, as as a fitness coach, I started with training, you know, training people, and then I thought, okay, this is not enough. Got to add nutrition, and, I, and nutrition is my passion. I got certified in nutrition. I learned about nutrition all the time, and I started adding that factor in, and I was like, okay, this is not enough. Where they're still getting results, but it's not. We're not there. That's what led me to mindset. So how am I connected? All it's a combination of things. First of all, I everything that I do with my clients is something that I experimented on with my own body, and you know I competed in fitness and it was it was horrible. I was miserable, and I get now the same results with completely different techniques. And what I've done is you know I created a program where we work on the mindset, so we address what is your relationship with food how how did you deal with food in your childhood what is you go to your food when you're stressed out like we got to analyze and be aware of our behavior at the same time we're doing biohacking workouts that are actually super amazing for the body without having to spend hours at the gym because once again we don't need that we need a quick effective workout to actually get results and we just need to to move so for some people it's going for a walk so I get my clients to, again, choose their own style of working out. Then I also help them get educated on nutrition by making it very simple to understand because it's so confusing. Eat this, don't eat that. What do you eat? So I make it very simple. And then I have a booklet where my clients get to choose one goal for that week. We don't go the whole big picture. We do. We do you can, but we get overwhelmed. Right. Because, again, the Italian brain starts telling you, oh, you can never get there. Who do you think you are? You're not good enough. Oh, you can you think you can lose them? You know, like the whole cycle. So we go week by week. What is that one thing that I can choose this week that's doable, but it's sending me in the right direction? Because what we do is we set these huge goals for ourselves and then we fail and then we go to sweets because we're beating ourselves up. We're trying to feel good. And now I'm creating a habit of starting and not finishing things. And it starts this whole belief of, I can't do that. So it's about time to stop that, to disrupt that, and to start really small. What is that one thing you can do this week for yourself and stick with it? Maybe it's drinking an extra glass of water. Maybe it's going for a 10-minute walk every day. Something that's doable. But it allows you to start changing your belief. It allows you to see that you can. It allows you to start the momentum. And once all these things start, you start that ball rolling, and you can get to bigger and bigger and bigger things and achieve more. And of course, you're building your whole self-esteem in the process. 
while you smashed that limiting belief of, well, every time I start a program, I fail, right? So that's kind of the, the, the basis of it is, and, oh yeah, I also add meditations. I create my own meditations that are really like empowering for women that come from a place of self-love and we access, that way you access your subconscious even faster and get to choose those limiting beliefs even faster. So it's really a combination of all those things together. That's awesome too. And I, I love your approach. I love the fact that you said you love nutrition but don't give people diet plans because that's such a misconception when people are thinking about working out or getting healthy where it's automatically like, oh, okay, I got to cut out all of my carbs or oh, I got to never going to have a cupcake again. And that's so not true. And it's funny because yeah. I mean, you're like obviously so into fitness and so physically fit and I'm like, not, not, <laughs> not that yet, but I'll still have people who follow along with me for whatever reason saying, oh my gosh, like, how did you get so thin after having a baby or how did whatever? And I'm like, you know what? You just got to make it fun. It's like, you have to do something. Stop yes. thinking that it's all about restricting yourself and putting yourself on a leash where you have to now devote two hours in the gym and never eat something that tastes good again. It's like, I literally have a little trampoline in my garage and I will jump on my trampoline to my favorite songs and then I will have a really yummy smoothie. Like you can yeah. have good things that still bring you joy that also happen to be good for you. And people are just mind blown that that's even a thing. Yes, <laughs> I'm like, I will have I'm... my toddler in there with me and we'll be jumping up and down and singing and having a fun time. And all of a sudden my heart rate is up and then I yeah. can throw her up in the air and look at that. Now I'm doing squats and throwing 30 pounds up in the air. Like that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly how I actually get yeah, Once I had my son, it's the same thing. I took him and I would lift him and do squats mm -hmm. with him. Him, and he found it fun and I found it fun, right? And so, and that's another thing is a misconception between, oh, there's healthy food and then there's tasty food. And that's a limiting belief. And so we have a whole section of recipes that are like three to four ingredients, very easy to make, that are super healthy. I love sweets. And if you told me you never have sugar again, I'd be like, okay, this is just super like not fun and ever again. But I eat sweets all the time. It's what kind of sweets I choose. We make everything sweet at home. It's three to four ingredients. It's so simple and so yummy. And again, it's about making that small change. And you don't have to jump to Oreos. You don't have to jump to hamburgers. You don't have to jump to Snickers. There are ways to do it in a healthy way. And right now, I literally got the same results that I did I was eating the chicken breast and asparagus, and I'm now restricted myself to everything because you read, you use that term the same way that I always say, it. you do not want to feel restricted. The moment you feel restricted, you feel powerless and you want the forbidden fruit. So it's about knowing you can eat everything you want, yet you choose to eat or not eat something. There's power in that because you made that choice. That's why I don't give out diet plans because the moment I give a diet plan, I took the power away from that person. And yeah, you're right. It's not fun. Any, I don't know what diet plan is out there. It's never fun because it's always restricting me something. I looked into keto. I looked into paleo. I looked into everything out there and I'm like, no, paleo tells me never to eat peanuts again. Are you kidding me? A life without peanut butter? What kind of life is that? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> keto, keto, I can't eat fruit. I'm never going to eat sugar again. No, that's not a fun life. So I create, I help people create what works for them. What are their goals? What works for you with your lifestyle and your schedule? And then you work around that. And it's it's really going back to basics because we've complicated it so much. Mm -hmm. And it's really back to basics. Let's eat real food. 
Okay, so now I have to know, what is your favorite three to four ingredient recipe? Well, I have a few. But um, <laughs> my family, our go-to food is we mix peanut butter with cacao powder. Uh, we add oats in there and a touch of local honey. And oh. you can make, uh, oh, I, I'm lying. There are fine ingredients in that. There's coconut oil in that too. Because coconut oil hardens it. So you can put, like, you can cut it up and have little bars. And we eat that within a day. Another favorite of ours is taking sunflower seeds um, and putting them in a food processor, making kind of like a butter out of it and adding a touch of local honey. And that's two ingredients right there. And oh, coconut oil, we add coconut oil to that too. Three ingredients, there you go, three ingredients. And cut that up in little bars and we devour it in like a day, <laughs> I swear. Like, oh, that sounds so good. And we're big junkies for local honey in my house too. So oh, now oh. we're going to have to try this all out. <laughs> oh girl, I'm going to send you some recipes. You're going to love them. Oh, please do. We're here for it. <laughs> so I know you talk a lot too about uh, listening to your own intuition and mm -hmm. letting that inspire your workouts, your nutrition, basically everything under the sun. So what mm -hmm. practical tips can you give to listeners who might hear that and not really know exactly what their intuition sounds like or how to read it where they're hearing it and they're like, is this God? Is this my intuition? Like, what am mm -hmm. I, what, what is this? You know, what, from a beginner standpoint, what does listening to your intuition mean and look like? Oh, that's a fantastic question because you're right. There are people who are like, yeah, okay. Listen to my intuition. What the heck is my intuition? <laughs> so great question. So a few things. Um, first, remember, the reptilian brain is always going to try to talk you out of things. So when you have an idea or when you have, yes, when you're inspired to do something, what is that first quick feeling you had about it? Was it excitement? Because that's your intuition. That's your guide. Right away, that reptilian brain kicks in and goes, oh, well, you know, that's not really a good idea. And you don't really have time for that. Do you really think you can do that? So don't listen to that. That's your fear. So that first initial quick reaction you had, was it excitement? That's your guide right there. Second thing, I've learned from my own experience and from my clients' experience that the more we cleanse our body from sugars and artificial flavors and artificial sweeteners, the more your body communicates with you. The food nowadays is designed to become addictive and to create cravings. So you cannot trust. Of course, if I eat sugars, artificial sugars, I'm going to crave more of them. That's not true body's response that's just like a drug okay but when you cleanse your body from that your body communicates with you through cravings so here's a perfect example recently my family we don't eat much meat at all and i wasn't paying attention for a minute um to eating legumes so i wasn't really getting enough iron in our nutrition and all of a sudden i told my husband I said it's a chicken liver. I, said, I really want to eat some chicken liver and like who craves chicken liver and so <laughs> So he was like, okay, let's get chicken liver. And I was so enjoying that. And the next day, literally the next day, he goes, I really need some beet juice. I'm like, who, beet juice? What is that about? <laughs> he literally went to the store and got beets and made beet juice in our juicer. And I looked it up and it was iron, iron deficiency in both of us that made us want these things. So I truly believe that once you cleanse from all the things that are not normal to us, the body has ways of communicating with you and telling you, hey, I need this. Hey, I need that. And it creates cravings for certain foods that you don't necessarily think about, like beets or chicken liver. Like who, who craves that? But it's true. It was, it, it was iron nutrition. I looked it up and I was like, yeah, we didn't, we haven't been eating meat. We haven't been eating enough legumes or spinach. And that's totally what it was. And so another thing is just observing 
thinking about the body communicating with you through channels that it has. So for example, you know, somebody sees a skin rash and they're like, oh, let me get a cream to fix this. It's really our body trying to communicate something to us, right? Like it's like, okay, what did I eat in the last few days that's new? Or what is something I've been eating lately a lot of? Even things like, what is, did I change my detergent, right? Looking into our body as some, you know, a, 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 communicating with us, seeing that as messages and then trying to figure out what really happened in my life lately. Maybe it's stress, right? As opposed to just going and fixing it with more makeup or, or, or new, you know, um, cream out there or whatever it is. So that's really what it is. I would say the first moment is your intuition. The first feeling you get before your reptilian brain kicks in. Second, cleanse your body slowly out of artificial foods and artificial sugars and, and substitute that. You don't want to feel deprived. So substitute that with proper substances, proper ingredients, and your body will communicate with you. And then read your body as if it's sending messages to you. So how can you answer to those messages what is it trying to tell you to fix in your lifestyle because most of the time it's stress it's what we eat or, or detergent and things that we use in our in our surrounding that's awesome there's such a science behind that too oh my gosh i love it i feel like i could just pick your brain on that for hours <laughs> and come and redo my pantry <laughs> oh my gosh so Lex, I want to close out by asking you a question that I ask all guests who come on the Thrive Podcast, and that is, what does thrive mean to you, and how do you strive to thrive in your own everyday life? I love that. How do you strive to thrive? Ooh, <laughs> so to me, I see the word thrive a lot lately, so it's it, it's got to mean something that I'm thriving. Um, I love that word because to me, it means being your best every day. And I want to just explain that a little bit because, you know, you see these messages, like you said, we get so confused with messages. We see these messages like be a hundred percent or 10% better than you were yesterday. I say be your best self for that day. There are days when it's your best to lay around and watch TV and read a good book and play with your kid. And there are days when you're like ready to run a marathon. So you can't run a marathon and then build on that the next day. You got to rest, right? So it's about being your best for that day while working on my big goals. And how do I strive to thrive? Every day I get up, we start with gratitude. And then I ask myself, what are three things that I'm going to accomplish today that are going to make me feel like my day, I got my day's worth by the end of the day? And when I get those three things done, if I get more, great, bonus. But if I get these three done, the three, these three things done, I feel accomplished. I feel like I'm closer to my goals. I feel like I've performed my best for that day. And I'm ready to close up the books and go play with my family. That is how I thrive every day. The way I thrive with my family is when I'm with my, with my family, my phone is off. And I really want to be present. I think social media steals our time and our energy these days. While I love technology, I want to use it always as a tool and not let it control me. But just like food, I ditch that phone, I focus on my family, and I'm present in the moment. Oh, so good. And what you just said about, okay, I have three things, and if I if I accomplish that and I feel good, I'm done. What a good way to avoid burnout, too. Because in today's day and age, people are, it's just more, more, more. What can I pack? What can I pack? What can I pack? And there's never that time to add space. Like there's never space on your calendar or on your 
on your schedule that is just space to do what you need and like what your body needs, what your soul and your heart needs. So that, what good advice that I hope people really take into, <laughs> take into heart. But rest is where, yeah, like just, we talked about workouts earlier. Rest is where the results happen. That rest is where the muscles grow. So resting is just as important for our brain. And you're right. Like we live in society where it's like, go, 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 go. No, it's really not about that. It's about making small steps every day, being consistent with it. Cause you're right. Once you're burnt out and up in there, once you're burnt out, it's no fun place to be. It takes forever to get back on track. Absolutely. Man, what a good conversation. Thank you so much for coming on Thrive. Lex, tell us where everyone can find you online and find out more information about your program too, in case people like me are now like, oh man, <laughs> feeling fired up for it. Thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, the best place to find me is on yourcoachlex.com and I spell my name L-E-K-S. So that's yourcoachlex.com or lexbuchko.com, which is my name, which hard to spell so i'll just give you as so you can put in the show notes perfect um, but your coach likes would probably be the safest place to, to find me wait before you go if you like what you just listened to drop us five stars on itunes Make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. And if you're on Instagram, snap a screenshot and share to your story with what episode you're tuning into and tag me at Erica Legenza with what part resonated with you the most. That way I can see what's helping you and your friends can pick up a helpful tidbit too. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive. <laughs>